The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. Uh, the editor at Sons of Liberty Media.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Saturday morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com and also sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you want to watch the video portion of the show where I tend to give some comic relief every once in a while, glad I could humor you, Brian. (laughs) Head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com and uh, you can see us going right there live, right on the right side of the page. You can click and enlarge that if you want to do that. That's right. You can see the face that's made for radio. You can also check out that live video feed on my Twitter account at FPPTim. Uh, Periscope and Twitch are setting brush fires. We're streaming there, as well as our Facebook page on Bradley Dean SOL, our YouTube channel at B Dean Sons of Liberty, beforeitsnews.com. We're right there on the front page this morning, and also DLive.tv at The Sons of Liberty. And then if you're branching out into other social media uh, outlets, please check us out at, um, at Spreely, uh, Gab, MeWe, Minds, and USA.life at Sons of Liberty or Sons of Liberty Media. And at any time you want to call in, and you got a comment or a question or something. I'll have an answer. It may not be the right one. It may be I don't know. But uh, you're more than welcome to call. I'd love to hear from you guys. Um, so the number's 215-TOP-TALK, 215-867-8255. Now, <clears throat> normally we have a health and wellness show, or in this case we're learning things about what's going on in the U.K., the tyranny that's happening there with Kate Shimerani. And I had some back and forth with her. Uh, she's very busy right now, but uh, she asked if she could have this week off. Next week, we're going to talk about uh, some vaccines and, and other things like that. But she asked if she could have the week off. She's just trying to gather some things together. They are beginning to talk domestic terrorism as far as new charges that they want to bring against her. And from what I understand, those charges can carry a minimum of five years in prison. So, and this is just for her speaking out. That's all she's done is to speak out against the tyranny that's going on there to educate people uh, as far as their health is concerned and things of that nature. So if you would keep her in your prayers, uh, she does have a good barrister from what I understand, but uh, this is a very serious issue. And when you go down this road of going up against um the establishment and their lies, 
this is what they're going to try to do to you is shut you down. Uh, by the way, Bradley was not on yesterday because he and his family were traveling. They're traveling again today. So if I get all my stuff out of the way, <clears throat> I'll be covering the, the two-hour show this afternoon. And uh, you won't want to miss that as well. So that'll be at 3 p.m. Eastern time. If not, then GCN will have um, uh, a replay. But hopefully I can get all my stuff accomplished. So I'm not going to go over today, okay, guys? Even though I got tons of stuff here that I could sit here and talk to you for three hours or more, easy, with the information I have. So I'm going to try to get to it very quickly. I've already gotten almost 10 minutes out of the way here. But I want to let you know about Kate because some of you come on uh, to hear what Kate has to say. And uh, just remember, she, you know, our founding fathers, I was thinking about that this morning um, on the subject that I'm going to speak on, which is the Federal Reserve debt and usury, okay? Our founding fathers were willing to give their sacred honor, their lives, their fortunes in the war for independence so that their posterity, they could establish freedom. And... um, You think about that. Some of them died in what's called debtor's prisons. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about them. I'm not going to focus on it because I don't think it's biblical. And, you know, I've had a guy pitch to me, oh, we know we ought to set up. This is a Christian guy. He says, you can find it in the Bible. (laughs) You can't, but this is what he's saying. You take people who are in prison and you set up factories in there and you let them work and they... um, that money from that goes to fund the government. Okay, right then and there, you're engaging in fascism. You're not engaging in biblical teachings at all. Because uh, this guy would apparently be okay with the prophets and with um, the apostles when they were cast into prison, working for factories. He, now, when he's asked that, he won't a- answer it. But he would, he would be okay with doing that and such. So this is, in my estimation, this is one area where... I think the Constitution needs to be corrected. It's not correct in that we allow Congress to take on debt, right? And I've got an um, article uh, that deals with the specifics of that, the 14th Amendment's um, Section uh, 4, um, and the validity of the public debt of the United States authorized by the law, including debts incurred for payment of pensions and bounties for services and suppressing insurrection or rebellion, um, and all of these kinds of things, debts that are incurred. Uh, we also have where the uh, Congress can impo- or can take on debt for these kinds of things. I don't think there's a need for that. I really don't think there's a need for that. And again, I'm going to point back to Scripture because that should be the foundation, as Bradley has said over and over, the Bible's the, the rock upon which our republic rests. And so, and, and the public law signed under Reagan admits that our laws are supposed to come from the Bible. And so they were based upon the Bible. So how do we get into all this stuff with the debt and the, 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 the uh, usury and the Federal Reserve with its fake money and all this other stuff? Well, let's just take a look at the present. And, and listen, I want to be clear. I'm not picking on Donald Trump about this because all, not all of them, but many of the presidents who came before him, especially in my lifetime, were just as guilty of it as he is. And that is to continue to oversee signing legislation, signing bills into law, spending bills that are unconstitutional. 
and that put us further and further and further and further in debt. Now, this is the one thing that you will not hear in the presidential debates, if you can even call them debates. They're a joke. They're a WWE Royal Rumble match is what they are, and they they look and sound like it. Okay? But let me give you a few instances here of what I'm talking about. Because some people say, oh, you know, he's, he's done so much. Look, the national debt is a national security issue. You need to understand that. Our national debt is a national security issue. Here's something that we had just the other day. This is SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. The left and right, as you call them, silent as Trump doubles Obama's deficit record and debt soars past $27 million. It's actually more than that when you consider the stimulus that was passed earlier this year, upwards of $6.2 million that we had like $1.5, excuse me, trillion, and then we had like $1.5 trillion that uh, was dumped out on Wall Street like the month before that stimulus. And Trump is pushing again for another stimulus package that's way over you know two $2 trillion that he's wanting to do next. They haven't done it. I thought probably they were going to push it through before the election. Who knows? <clears throat> it's giving more money away. It's, it, it, it's doing things that are unconstitutional, propping up banks, big corporations, businesses, and then wealth redistribution to the people. Those little $1,200 checks, folks, they're going to cost you and your posterity $6,000 a piece. I mean, you don't understand how the debt is enslaving us. Okay? The Bible says that debt is a curse. It's a curse. So, <clears throat> you guys who want to blame just the, the Democrats on this, Trump is the one who's signed every one of their pieces of legislation. If you think they're trying to destroy the country with writing their, their legislation, this, that, and the other, he signed every bill they sent to him. He hasn't vetoed a single one. Not a one. They're in it together. This is, uh, despite the rhetoric, they're in it together going down the same path. Okay? And both of them, I, I know Donald Trump came in and he said, hey, what did he promise? Elimination of the national debt in eight years. That's what he said. Those are his words. <clears throat> he is the one quoted as saying, I'm the king of debt. It's not a big deal. I'm the king of debt. Our Constitution is very clear that we use gold and silver to pay our debts. That's what we're supposed to be using. We're not using that. You know, it used to be that you got a, um, you know, a greenback, if you will, a dollar bill, and you could take it to your bank for a dollar's worth of silver. You could do that. Sometimes you can find these in the pawn shops and stuff. If you if you look around, you can find these kind of uh, bank notes where you can take them in, and you can actually get real money with them. Well, this promise of getting us out of debt in eight years has put us almost $10 trillion more in debt in just three and a half. 
And folks, it wasn't any better before the COVID crisis. We were still moving in that direction, five or six trillion. I forget exactly how much it was. I think it was about 19 trillion when he went into office. So we were already continuing to move in the same direction. Now, the Tenth Amendment reports on what's going on here. Um, they give us the fiscal 2020 budget shortfall totaled $3.3 trillion as the Trump administration added another $124.6 billion to the deficit in September. And you do guys realize there's the differences. The deficit is you're spending more than you're bringing in here. And then the other is what you're actually tacking on because every time that they go and they set up a budget, they have to go borrow money to make that budget work. Every year they're borrowing money, and then there's interest tied onto it. We're going to see what the Bible says about that in just a moment as well. Okay? And this deficit in September, according to the latest monthly Treasury statement, that more than doubles the previous record deficit of $1.4 trillion set during the Obama administration at the height of the Great Recession. You see, and, and don't get me wrong, this is going on before COVID. When you're told, oh, the great Trump economy and this, that, and the other, we're continuing to plunge into debt. You're continuing to print money through quantitative easing. Why do you do that if you've got such a great economy? Well, you don't. You're lying about the economy. This is I want Victor to get his house sold so that we could bring it in and show you what's actually going on. The same games that are being, that were played with Obama are being played with Donald Trump. The same thing. Nothing's changed here. The rhetoric is. The rhetoric's different. But it's changed. I mean, it hasn't changed. I'm sorry. It hasn't changed. The fiscal year ended in September 30. Revenues were basically flat on the year, falling slightly from $3.46 trillion in fiscal year 2019 to $3.42 trillion. But total spending soared coming in at $6.55 trillion. Do you see the point there? That compares with $4.45 trillion spent in fiscal 2019. And I might remind you guys who want to talk about pro-life president, uh, $600 million still going to Planned Parenthood every year. More than $600 million. The national debt surged above $27 trillion on October the 1st, and it has grown by over $7 trillion since President Trump took office. That equals... $217,612 of debt for every American taxpayer. Do you think that's comparable, guys, to that little 1200 buck check you got that you were happy to get? Hmm. Do you think that's comparable? Do you see what we're talking about? And some of you put your head in the sand. Unless it's a Democrat. <laughs> You'll fuss about it. But when it's wearing the political jersey of your party, you go, oh, it, this is just fine. Look, we're, there's nothing to worry about. Mm-hmm. Got to pay the piper sometime. When Trump moved into the White House in January 2017, the debt stood at $19.95 trillion. It topped $22 trillion in February 2019. That represented a $2.6 trillion increase in debt in just over two years. By November... 2019, the debt had eclipsed $23 trillion. The debt-to-GDP ratio currently stands at 
excuse me, 137.21%. Despite the lack of concern in the mainstream, debt has consequences. Yes, it does. It's part of the curses. In fact, what we know from Scripture is when God, when you read Deuteronomy 28, God says, I'll make you a blessing. You'll be a lender. You'll be the head and not the tail. But he says, if you don't obey my commands, he says, you'll be the borrower. And there'll be others who come in and the the foreigners will come in and they'll become the head and you'll become the tail. You'll be the one borrowing. Okay? And this is this is problematic it's it's hugely problematic <laughs> oh, dale why don't you wake up and smell the coffee dude smell what's being shoveled to you your rebuke is worth nothing because you have nothing to rebuke with Big chunk of the excess spending in fiscal year 2020 came courtesy of the $2.2 trillion CARES Act. Again, Trump signed on to that. This isn't just Democrats. Trump signed it into law. So you can't just blame one party of this. They're both engaged in it. And it doesn't become law unless the president signs it. So you can take your rebuke and you can stick it where the sun don't shine. I'm just telling you. But the Trump administration was already spending money at a near-record clip before the pandemic. The coronavirus spending simply exacerbated an already out-of-control federal spending problem. Last year, the Trump administration ran a $984 billion deficit, which is a little better than Obama. He ran over a trillion dollars every year he was in office. So Trump's right there at it. He's just shy of that. At the time, it was the fifth largest deficit in history. This goes to show that the federal government had a major spending problem before the pandemic. In fact, through the first two years of fiscal 2020, the deficit was already 12% over 2019's huge Obama-like number and was on track to eclipse $1 trillion. Prior to 2020, the U.S. government had only one de- had only run deficits over $1 trillion four times, all during the, re- the Great Recession. That's Obama's period. And he was wrong in that. That's why I'm saying I'm not just picking on Trump. I'm just saying it continues on now. Continues on now. He does not have a choice if he wants to be reelected, Albert. Well, it's not about being reelected, Albert. He's elected to do a job. And that job is to follow the Constitution. And the Constitution does not allow for the kind of spending that is in these bills. Go read your Constitution and learn how you're being used, man. This is what I'm trying to point out to you. Don't tell me about his re-election. He's hired to do a job, uphold the Constitution, not violate it so he can get re-elected. My goodness, you people justify your own destruction. In fact, let me just get over to something else, okay? Let me get, on, let me get over here to something else. Um, I want to give you some, some information here. And then we're going to go uh, to Scripture. I'm going to give you some of our founding fathers, some quotes from them. We'll throw this right in the middle of the mix here. And then we're going to go to the, we're going to go to the Bible, too, about this, because i got tons of stuff where you can see how we're becoming enslaved to China, how we've been enslaved to China through debt. We, we become enslaved to Saudi Arabia. I'm going to give you a solution here in just a little bit, Larry. I'll give you a solution. Just hang on, okay? 
<laughs> I promise. I'll, I'll give you the solution. <sighs> Albert, it's not about that. You just, you're a program to respond like that, and that is not the issue at all. I'm not even talking about the election. I'm talking about a system. It's going to happen whether Biden's in office or whether Trump's in office unless the people demand they follow the Constitution. This is, this is what's the problem today. People are so caught up into their political idols who's going to be in the office that they cannot see what we're actually talking about that's going to happen under either one of them. Okay? All right. Our founding fathers believed debt was an awful thing, just like the Bible says that it's a curse. It's one of the many reasons they rejected Alexander Hamilton's appeal for a central bank because they knew that it led to that. Okay? Now let me give you a few of them. Okay? So if you if you want to fuss at me and call me all kinds of names, fine. Then call your call your founding fathers all these names. Okay? All right. So here we go. Here's a few quotes for you. Thomas Jefferson. A departure from principle becomes a precedent for a second. The second for a third, and so on. You know why? Once you start violating the Constitution or the law of God, then you you justify it and you say, well, we got to do this for this, this, and this. Okay? And we say, oh, we can we can go ahead and since we did it there, we can go ahead and do this. And you watch the Trump supporters. When I say that's unconstitutional, they go, Well, Obama did it. So what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And I go, wait a minute. You were probably one of those people that when Obama did it, you said it was unlawful. It was unconstitutional. But now you're going to justify it with the other. That is idolatry, folks. That is. If you're one of those people who do that, that's part of idolatry. So he continues on, he says, and so on, till the bulk of society is reduced to mere automatons of misery to have no sensibilities left but for sinning and suffering. Now that... (laughs) explains where we're at today, even among the conservatives, the constitutionalists, the patriots, as they call themselves, who will not stand by the Constitution or the law of God. And the four horse of this frightful team is, drumroll, public debt. Taxation follows that, and in its train, wretchedness and oppression— You're ticked off because you've been, well, Donald Trump alleviated some of that. How about calling for no taxation? Huh? How about that? On the people themselves. Okay? James Madison. I go on the principle that a public debt is a public curse. And in a Republican government, a greater curse than any other. But you're told by the self-proclaimed king of debt, it's no problem. Don't worry about it. Okay? Thomas Jefferson, again, we must not let our rulers load us with perpetual debt, which is what they're doing, people. And it doesn't matter if Biden gets in there or Trump gets in there for a second term. It's going to be the same thing. They're doing the same thing that our founding fathers warned us about. George Washington, avoid occasions of expense and avoid likewise the accumulation of debt, not only by shunning occasions of expense, but by vigorous exertions to discharge the debts, not throwing upon posterity the burden which we ourselves ought to bear. Amen. If we have a debt, we pay that debt 
and don't leave it to our children. And listen, you can take it from me. I, I've been in debt. I have a house I still owe on too, and I want this thing off of me. It's like an albatross around your neck. And a lot of that's tied even to simple interest, which the Bible doesn't know anything about. It's tied to usury. Okay? When you run in debt, this is Benjamin Franklin, when you run in debt, you give to another power over your liberty. You hear that, people? When you run in debt, you give to another power over your liberty. John Adams, the consequences arising from the continual accumulation of public debts in other countries ought to admonish us to be careful to prevent their growth in our own. In fact, that's a very good statement for when we point to people like Venezuela. Why were they a socialist country? They were getting in debt. And they got to cover that up. This is the same thing. If you believe that America is not a socialist country in the principles that it's, that it's adhering to with regards to its monetary policy, you're sadly mistaken. Yes, we don't quite look yet like Venezuela, but neither did Venezuela 30 years ago. They were very prosperous. But America's on that same road with their spending and their debt. William Cobbett. Nothing is so well calculated to produce a death-like torpor in the country as an extended system of taxation and a great national debt. Thomas Paine. The burden of the national debt consists not in its being so many millions or so many hundred millions, but in the quantity of taxes collected every year to pay the interest, the usury. If this quantity continue... The same, the burden of the national debt is the same to all intents and purposes, be the capital more or less. And he went on to say, no nation ought to be without debt. A national debt is a national bond, and when it bears no interest, is in no case a grievance. Here's Alexander Hamilton. I mean, this is the guy who wanted the central banking. He really wanted to go right back. Uh, if you didn't listen to my interview with Thomas DiLorenzo, this was what he was talking about. He, he wanted to go, after they won the War of Independence, he really wanted to go right back into the same kind of system they were under. It was absolute stupidity. <sighs> Again, Albert, where are you taught in Scripture to vote for, the, for any evil? Where are you taught to do that? I just I don't get that people think that that's an okay thing. Allow a government to decline paying its debts and you overthrow a public morality. You unhinge all the principles that preserves the limits of free constitutions. Nothing can more affect national prosperity than a constant and systematic attention to extinguish the present debt and to avoid as much as possible the incurring of any new debt. Now, friends, I, I don't know how I can say it any plainer. These are guys who had fought for liberty. They're the ones who wrote our founding documents, the Declaration of Independence and the U.S. Constitution. They're the ones who set these things up. They're the ones who were opposed, in large measure, to a central bank. They knew what it was going to do. Okay? They knew what it was going to do. And yet... 
What's going on there? Well, there's all kinds of problems in there. Matter of fact, there's lots of problems. Now, the interesting thing is, as I've said before, is in this stimulus package. Let me let me just take the first stimulus package to give you kind of give you an example. And then I lost one of my pages where I had my information up uh, because I wanted to be able to to provide for you some information here with regard to. Uh, I left some of them open, but uh, uh, I had other ones that were that were closed. Um, debt disguised as relief. You, you know how they're talking about all these trillions of dollars in the in the stimulus bill earlier this year, and then the one that they're trying to push now that's going to be worth trillions of dollars too. All of that's debt, folks. They don't they don't have money to pay you. And when they when they're when they're printing all that money, which is called quantitative easing, when they're printing that money, it devalues the dollar you already have. This is what many people do not understand about Bitcoin. You go, how in the world is Bitcoin worth ten, eleven, twelve thousand dollars, or at one time I think twenty something thousand dollars? You can't even put your hands on it. It's an electronic, you know, cryptocurrency. It's fiat money too. Where is their value in that? Well, I can tell you where. One, people used electricity and computing power to mine, that's, that's the term they use, mine those Bitcoins through a series of mathematical equations and things. They acquire those Bitcoins or Litecoin or whatever, whatever the cryptocurrency is you're, you're trying to mine. Those are limited. In other words, there's so many million of Bitcoin or so many hundreds of thousands of Litecoin or whatever the case may be. There's not going to be any more. You're not going to go and play quantitative easing with Bitcoin or Litecoin or any of that other. Once they're all mined, they're all mined. We know how many there are. And once they're mined, that's it. And that's why they ha- retain a certain value. Nobody can go in there and start you know, creating fake Bitcoins. <laughs> now they can steal them. So that's where there's a problem. It's highly volatile. I mean, it's up thousands of dollars. It's down thousands of dollars the next day. But that's that's why they, they hold so much. The same thing happens with gold or silver. Over time, they usually increase in value unless they're getting manipulated in the market. If gold and silver were not being manipulated in the market... They'd be worth far, 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 far more than what it is right now. And by the way, the Constitution says constitutional money is what? Gold and silver, and Congress can coin that gold and silver. They, that's what debts are to be paid for or paid with, gold and silver. Is that what they're being paid with? Nope. They're just ignoring the Constitution. And again, this happens no matter who's in charge of the presidency or who's in Congress. They continue to ignore what the Constitution says, either out of ignorance or deliberately doing it. Either way, they're doing it. I'm not there to judge their motive. I'm simply saying they're not following the Constitution in it. Now, debt disguised as relief. This is something I wrote on back in uh, March, and this was over this unconstitutional stimulus. It was selling us out for 30 pieces of silver, or in this case, 
so that, oh, you know, we're getting people are complaining a little too much about what's going on and, you know, uh, we're going to impose all these things. So we got to make sure that we get some money in people's hands, money in, in the businesses, 500 billion into, into uh, you know, businesses and, and then 500 billion into banks. The banksters got theirs too, folks. By the way, the banksters own Donald Trump. They've owned him since the 90s for all of his debt, billions and billions of dollars that Donald Trump was in debt that he didn't have any assets to cover. We've covered a show on that as well. We've let the bankers speak for themselves when it came to that issue. So all of this becomes uh, very telling in what's actually taking place in our country. And, uh, I, you know, again, it's amazing to me that people do not see what's going on. And they listen to the lie. It doesn't matter the political jersey, whether they're in the Congress or whether they're in the White House, they continue to listen to this stuff. So we have to look at this and see, well, what's actually happening here? Well, I can tell you, we're being sold down the river time and time and time and time again. And part of the problem is, is the people don't learn from it. The people think it's just fine for the federal government to just start taxing whatever it wants to tax. And, and you know, you've got Congress authorizing the Constitution to tax. I think that's one of the big problems right then and there. And they're allowed to incur debt. I, I really think this is a huge, huge problem because our founding fathers didn't have an income tax. That's I mean, the whole thing. The whole thing is immoral. It says government has a right to the fruit of your labor. Yeah, and this was one of the big issues that I really wasn't so keen on. The whole issue of, of pushing the thing about tax returns, even though I think probably we would see some things in there. And I think we have. Yeah, Donald Trump paid ahead tens of millions of dollars, and then followed that right back up with a rebate and got it all back. Which, look, I think a man should try to get as much money, keep as much of his money as he can. So I'm not going to fault him for that, okay? But my point was, when you really looked at what was paid and what wasn't paid, you guys or his supporters are probably paying more taxes than he did when you count the fact that he got the rebates, okay? Just saying, just saying. And you want to say, oh, thank you, Father Trump. You lowered our tax rate for us. You lowered the burden, but we still got a burden on our back, and we're happy for that burden. See, this is, this is the kind of mentality it is. It's not thinking, hey, I shouldn't have any of this burden where the federal government is coming in and picking my pocket over me trading my time for phony monopoly money. Uh, they shouldn't have anything to do with that. So... Uh, I, I'm just saying there is um, there's some there's some problems with that. Okay, so I've got um, some things I wanted to bring out, and I don't know what happened to my tab because I had it open here uh, for the issue of usury, and you know really what we were seeing as far as some of this goes. So let me let me take a couple of, of passages that deal with. Um, 
some of the stuff of what we're talking about. Because we are under a curse here in America due to our debt. And God said as much. Okay? Here's one. Proverbs 22, 7. The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. Now, we know that as far as individuals, but that happens with countries too. Our biggest creditor is China. Now, it's not as much as people think, but it's still a lot of money that we owe China. Okay? This is probably why we were uh, in cahoots with them over the imports that we brought into our country from there. Largely was cheap-made crap that was going to break in six months anyway, and we're going to have to buy it again. And a lot of it is slave labor that they use. A lot of it is your fellow Christians, Christian, who are in prisons having to make these things. The very thing that my friend said, oh, this is what we need for that. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Right? Proverbs 11.1. 1. A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. Now, let me, let me speak to that for just a second. A false balance is an abomination to the Lord. How many of you guys are against abortion? How many of you stand against homosexuality? I mean, the practice of it. Not that somebody has it in them. I mean, we, we have to address that, but we're not called to deal uh, except with the gospel uh, for what's inside the man. God, they, they do stand before God on that. We're not, I can't get in the heart and see all that, okay? Unless they tell me. But when the action occurs, God says both of those things are an abomination. Hates hands it. Shed innocent blood. If a man lies with a man like it does a woman, it's an abomination. Well, guess what? A false balance or dishonest scales are an abomination to the Lord too. But a just weight is his delight. In other words, you're fair. Let me ask you something. Why did Jesus go into the temple and run off the money changers? See, I come out of a Southern Baptist church. And I remember years ago, the whole thing was, well, we're not going to allow any selling. You know, you'd have a group come in and sing, or you'd have a, 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 a an author who was also a pastor or a preacher or an evangelist, whatever, he'd come in and preach, and he might have books or he might have tapes or something like that. And what he was doing was he was he was selling those that he had that he had created um, to support his ministry. Much like Paul would go and he would make a tent. When he didn't have somebody giving him money so he could be in full-time ministry, he would go and make a tent. And people say, well, we're not going to do that because Jesus drove out the money. Well, he didn't drive them out because they were being fair with the people. Well, what happened is, is the people would come in from outside of Israel and they had to sacrifice. And the guys there at the temple were providing a service to give them sacrifices. The problem was when they came in, they had different money than the temple money. And so they had an exchange currency. You, you know about that if you travel to another country. And so they would take the people's money and they would give them temple money and they would charge them extra for it in order so that they could buy their sacrifice. There was nothing wrong with selling a sacrifice um, to, to meet the demands that the, the law had, had given. There was nothing wrong with that. But there was something wrong with cheating them. And let me tell you why. I know that. Because when Jesus came in with his cord that he came in with, and he drove the animals out, and he drove the money changers out. He said, "This is supposed. my father's house is supposed to be a house of prayer, 
but you've made it a house of business. Is that what he said? No. He said, you've made it a den of thieves. You're stealing from the people. You're robbing them. This is why the people abhorred publicans. They came around for the Romans to collect taxes, and then they were adding on to the taxes a little more for their own, to pad their own pocket. Zacchaeus was a perfect example. And what happened with Zacchaeus when he repented? Well, he stood up in his house and he says, whatever I've taken from somebody, I'm going to pay back fourfold. That's what the law talked about doing. Fourfold, I'm going to pay it back. That's a big deal. And Jesus looked at him and he said, today salvation has come to this house. He didn't say, no, 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 you don't get it, uh, Zacchaeus. I love you no matter what, and you don't have to change your ways, and you just be who you are. He just let Zacchaeus come to that conclusion. And then he says, that's the real stuff right there. This is real repentance. This is what it looks like. This is what salvation looks like when it comes to a person. They're changed, and they act changed. This is important to remember, okay? It's very important to remember. Now, this is just one place. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 15 says, And it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commands. Again, this is going into the curses. Okay? <clears throat> Excuse me. And his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. And he starts listing, and he goes down through the curses, and then he comes to verse 43, and he says this, The stranger that is within thee shall get up above thee very high, and thou shalt come down very low. What do you see in America? You're not going to stop that with a wall. I mean, you're not. I'm not against the wall, but you're not going to stop it with it. This is part of the curses. Verse 44, He shall lend to thee, and thou shalt not lend to him. He shall be the head, and thou shalt be the tail. I mean, these are part of God's curses. This is what we see going on right here in 21st century America. So for those of you who say religion has nothing to do with it, this, that, and the other, baloney. The Bible is very clear about what goes on. And again, uh, it's commanded about the, the weights. And the, this is part of why we're being cursed. Okay? Deuteronomy 25, verse 13. Thou shalt not have in thy bag diverse weights, a great and a small. You're supposed to have just weights and measurements. Just weights and measurements. The idea, and I was going to bring it up here, and I've lost my little chart uh, because I got to tell you, I'm one of those people, if I don't have my notes in front of me and I start talking about something, uh, I'll go right off the cliff with it. And um, we'll, I'll, I'll have a, I'll have a real problem in uh, in what I'm in what I'm trying to communicate. So I apologize, but uh, I was going to get into this issue where um, I'm trying to find ugh, what I don't know where it was that I had this. Um, going to have to see if I can find where my chart is. Uh, give me just one moment because. Um, no, I, I think I've got it here. I think this was it. I think this was the one. Well, maybe not. Oh, well. I don't know what I did with it. I had this open this morning, and uh, <laughs> so I apologize. It's my fault. I don't know why 
I don't have this in on my tabs here because um, that's interesting. I I just don't know why this was a this was an issue. But I can tell you this. Let me let me see if I can go through it, uh, bringing this to bear on um, having to look around some things here. Um, the issue of usury, okay. Just some of the passages here, and this is going to be from the ESV. Some of the passages here involving usury, and usury is nothing but interest. Okay, that's what it is. And this is a big one, folks. This is a really big one because it's big even for Christians because Christians say, oh, well, you know, I I mean, and this is something we got to take serious when we look at this. Why I put my money in the bank so it draws interest. Well, where is that interest coming from? Well, it's coming off the backs of somebody else who's paying interest. Okay? And that money is used to to lend to them for interest. And yet, the Bible says, in Exodus 22, 25, it says, If you lend money to any of my people with you who is poor, you shall not be like a money lender to him, and you shall not exact interest from him. You got that? This is, this is God's people are not to do that with one another. We could tie it, if we're looking at a covenant country, which America is, you're not to do it to your brothers, your fellow countrymen. And what do we see all the time? Interest rate. Look, the banks get money. at They've been getting it at zero interest. I think it's jumped up a little bit, a couple of interest points. They get it basically at nothing, no interest to them at all. It's printed money. It's printed out of thin air. It's devaluing the money that you already have. And then they turn around and they charge you exorbitant amounts of interest. Maybe you get a low interest home. Maybe you get 3%, 4%, 5%, whatever the case may be. Maybe you get that. You're still getting a huge amount of interest dropped on you when you go get, I don't know, $80,000, $100,000 house, $150,000, whatever you pay for your house. You look at when you pay for that thing and you're in debt, you're enslaved to it for 30 years, 20 years, whatever the case may be. And then when you look at the final payment, that $100,000 house is now $275,000 that you paid for it, and you're enslaved to it. You can't take time. I mean, look, I know about it. I know about it. And God warns us, it's a curse. It's a cruel master for us. And I just got done reading to you the founding fathers and what they said about it, too. Psalm 15, 5, who does not put out his money at interest and does not take a bribe against the innocent? He who does these things shall never be moved. The one who doesn't put out his money for interest doesn't take a bribe against the interest or the innocent. Excuse me. Proverbs 28, 8, whoever multiplies his wealth by interest and profit gathers it for him who is generous to the poor. Not gathering it for himself. It's like the rich fool. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to build these barns. I'm going to have all this stuff and everything. And the Bible says that night his soul was required of him. And and what did all that gain get him? Didn't didn't get him anything. He gained the whole world and he lost his own soul. That was the whole point. Ezekiel 18, 13. He lends it interest and takes profit. Shall he then live? He shall not live. He has done all these abominations... He shall surely die. His blood shall be upon himself. 
Deuteronomy 23-19, you shall not charge interest on loans to your brother. I mean, how clear can it be? Interest on money, interest on food, interest on anything that is lent for interest. I mean, and I can go down. The scripture has a lot to say about money. It has a lot to say about usury. And I apologize. I'm going to try to find my little section and put some of these in the archive later this morning at sonslibertymedia.com. So how does this happen in the United States? Well, one, we've got that little tagline in the Constitution that that allows that to happen. That needs to be corrected. Okay? And the second thing is we need to eliminate the Federal Reserve that's making this possible. It isn't even part of our government. Congress is supposed to be coining money, not an outside entity. Congress is supposed to do that. They're the ones who have given authority for it. And it's supposed to be in gold and silver that the payments are supposed to be made. Read your Constitution. And the Federal Reserve is facilitating these foreign unconstitutional wars. It is facilitating the unconstitutional spending. It is facilitating this massive, massive debt that's pushing towards $30 trillion, which if you've seen a picture of what a trillion dollars looks like with pallets, maybe if I can find that that I used to have, I'll show you kind of where we're at in the archives. I'll put those up because that's just coming to mind too. And all of this is tied back to this banker mentality of interest rates of charging interest, charging usury against your brother. Something you're told not to do. Now, I know immediately, because I've only got a short, uh, I've got five minutes. So let me address this, because I can hear somebody saying, well, wait a minute, didn't Jesus say something about interest, you know, in one of his parables? Didn't he bring this situation up? And didn't he talk about this? Yes, he did. He did talk about it. And he used things of the day of what people would see. But remember something, when you hear Jesus say, okay, there was a guy he owed this tremendous debt that he couldn't pay. And he's before the guy he owes the money. And he says, have mercy on me. I, I can't pay it. And the guy said, forgiven the debt. And immediately Jesus says, the guy goes out and he finds his fellow servant who owes him a very small amount of money, something the guy probably could pay back. And he grabs the guy and he says, you pay me what you owe me. And the guy says, he asks him the same thing. Show me mercy, and I'll pay you. And the guy says, no, I ain't got time for that. Takes him to the debtor's prison and casts him in there. And when the guy that owed the tremendous amount of debt, when the guy he owed it to found out about it, what happened? The guy was sorely displeased. He took that man. He took him and put him into debtor's prison. He says, you should have shown the same mercy that I showed you, but you didn't do it. And he took him and put him in debtor's prison until he paid the last penny, which he never would pay. He was going to be in that for the rest of his life. That's, it's a parable. Okay, it's a parable. Now, here's the question that I have for you. Was Jesus commanding or saying it's okay to have a debtor's prison? No, that's not what he was even talking about. He's talking about forgiveness. That's the first thing. That was the first thing. Okay? The second thing is this. Why would Jesus go and promote something the Scripture condemned? Huh? Why was he promoting something that was never commanded to be done? One, God never authorized and commanded a prison be set up, ever. 
There was punishment for capital crimes. It was a death penalty. Okay. Second, if you were in something that was a civil matter, now I'm not saying it wasn't criminal, but it was, a, it was basically considered a civil matter. Say you stole your neighbor's horse or you robbed him of something else. Uh, then what happens is, and I apologize, but we've, we've got some people awake in the house here and um, they're being loud. So um, if, if, you have, if you have that taken, then you were to restore it. You weren't to pay the government. You were to restore it and then some. This is where I go back to Zacchaeus. He had cheated the people, and he says, whatever I've, whatever I've taken at, through defrauding people, I'll pay it back four times. And that's what the law demanded. So how do we get out of the Federal Reserve? Well, that's going to be the question. You're going to have to quit putting the same people in there that you're putting in, into office. And you're going to have to get people. I'm, I'm just telling you, there is a couple of things that you need to check for people when you vote for them. Do they support the U.N. because that's going to facilitate having a central bank and phony baloney money? If they support the U.N., you need to strike them off. Just strike them off your voting list. Okay? If they think we need to be in the U.N., you need to strike them off. Don't vote for them. If they believe the Federal Reserve is necessary, you need to strike them off your list. Plain and simple. These are the things that are facilitating the things that we're seeing right now, we're not following the principles that we have set up. And third, if they, you get them to tell you what, if they go to Congress, you get them to tell you what Article 1 says they can make law about, which is what they can spend money on, too, okay, by the way. If they can't enumerate that, you strike them off. If they're running for the presidency, if they can't tell you an article, if they can't tell you what Congress is supposed to write law about and spend money on, and what they're authorized to sign legislation on, you need to strike them off. I'm just telling you. Otherwise, you're going down the same road as you've been going down for decades. And it doesn't matter whether you get Biden or you get Trump. You're going more in this downhill spiral that's a curse. That's a curse. And you need to demand of your representatives, whether they're the president, a senator, or a congressman, that they quit putting us further and further in debt, that they quit spending this money, that they quit wealth redistribution, that they quit their fascist things of working with private-public partnerships and paying off banks and paying off farmers and paying off big businesses and all of this. You need to tell them to stop. If they don't stop, you need to get rid of them, and then you need to start bringing charges against them. They're committing crimes against you people. They really are. Okay, we're done for the show today. Appreciate you guys tuning in. I'll, there's more. There's tons more. I'll give you some stuff in the archive. SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Have a great weekend. Great Lord's Day. See ya. <laughs>